Mark Wright. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda 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 Agenda. Oliver Chessler, the horrorist, and you're listening to Base Agenda. Da, 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 Hello. Da. My name is Oliver, and I'm going to tell you a story. It's about a young girl. She's only 15 years old and has blonde hair and blue eyes. She lives with her parents in New Jersey and they love her very much. And one night, she and her friends decided they were gonna come to New York City. Fuck her all night! 
Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Base Agenda. Happy New Year to you. First show of 2018. Looking forward to another year of great music. And that's exactly how we're kicking off this year too, with The Horrorist in part one. Oliver Chesler, Berlin-based New Yorker. Got an interview with him, and we look back over his career. Kicking off with this incredible classic, One Night in New York City. We'll be checking out some of his forthcoming uh, new stuff as well. And in part two, we've got Slaves of Sinus from the Netherlands, bringing a guest mix. Nice diverse stuff, EBM, Electro, Techno, it's all in there. Enjoy it. I grew up in New York in the 80s, so I think, you know, like when I was young, like let's say 13, 14, breakdance culture was really big there. So, and, and at the school I went to, most of my friends were black or Filipino or Puerto Rican. So I was really into early rap. I actually had, I, I would break dance. I could do a windmill and a head spin. <laughs> I, ha, I had a hat that's, I had this white hat that said fresh and pinstripe leaves, shell toe Adidas, the whole thing. And um, because of that, some of my friends had drum machines. So we would like make our own little raps and stuff. And then a few years later, I got my first girlfriend and uh, got my heart broken. And just by chance, one of my friends, his little sister had a uh, Depeche Mode Black Celebration playing in a car. And I remember we were just driving and I was like, ah, wait a minute. And that was it. By the end of that car ride, I was like the biggest Depeche Mode fan. I went and bought everything. And, and at that time, you know, that, that was uh, Music for the Masses came out right after that. So it was like the peak of Depeche Mode. And then I won the contest to be in the movie with them. So it was just like liftoff for music. And um, also at the, around the time, my father was a college professor and he, they closed the music department at his school. And he just came home one day randomly with all this, this stuff and put it in the basement. And it was it was all electronic music stuff. So there was this uh, electro, uh, electro Comp 101 synthesizer, which it's today they're like six thousand uh, dollars there it was it's like a moog and some four tracks and speakers and me and my brother would just go in the basement and we you know we made a lot of really bad music yeah we had no idea what we were doing and we, we wanted to be like front of our two and when you listen to these tapes it's hilarious like it's just ter it's terrifying although one day i'll release it just for the hell of it i mean actually one of the songs uh wet and shiny i did release that was that was one from the tape but that one's pretty good but the rest were totally shit I, I keep wishing every few years that one's going to be good, but they're not. <laughs> we walk in the day under the sun and through the trees. We view the sky. You see blue. I see purple. We find shapes within the clouds. Like robots. <laughs> 
wet and I am shiny. I am wet and I am shiny. I am wet and I am shiny. Oh, oh. I am wet and I am shiny. I am wet and I am shiny. Then uh, techno hit really hard, and an acid house. I was going to this art school, and uh, I went to a club, and I heard uh, it was like an industrial club called the Building. And then the first uh, techno tracks were starting to be played there. And I was in my dorm, and uh, I heard music like this coming out of a room. I just knocked on the door, and it was this guy John Selway, and he showed me all his equipment. He had three or threes and nine or nine. And then I went to the city. I bought two three threes and nine oh nine and some effects. I think I paid for everything. I think I paid six or seven hundred dollars. A couple of weeks later, we met Frankie Bones and all these guys, and we were going to raves. And <laughs> it just all happened naturally and lucky to be in New York at the time and my age, you know. Your kiss and your eyes make me feel wet and shiny, very new. Like a baby in outer space. I am wet and I am shiny. 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 Oh, oh. I am wet and I am shiny. 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 This is John Selway, and you're listening to Bass Agenda. I am wet 
great track that, The Man Master by The Horrorist. Coming up next, Modern, following that, 13 Dobermans. Uh, you know what, that's, that's actually, uh, whenever someone asks me if I want to make favorite tracks are, that's definitely always in my top. Uh, okay, so that track, it's actually about my day job, uh, just working and, because I work in, uh, I do uh, energy services, I work in commercial lighting. And it was just about being in New York City and that kind of thing. The thing that's really cool about that track is all the sounds come from one vintage synth that comes from this Yamaha CS5, and they just blend together in a certain way. And the drums are all from this old Vermona drum machine. And it's just, it's a really good sounding track. I mean, I remember when I finished it, I was like, ugh. And what's really cool about this track is it's slow, but when I play it live, in the middle of all my fast songs, it always works. I just smile every time. I do the first vocals, and then when that din 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 comes in, and I'm like, I just smile because the whole place sounds so great. I'm like, ah. Oh. And it's, you know, it's with music, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a combination of, okay, you spend a lot of time making it, a little bit of talent and stress from your life and living. But, there, but with electronic music, I think you have to make, for every 10 songs, you can only keep two or three. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, because you're working in a home studio always, and you know, the, the, besides your own inspiration, everything has to fit in a certain way, and it just doesn't always happen, you know? Like, you can write, the, write a song, but then you can re-record it completely using all different stuff, and then it would be good, but, which I do a lot, but yeah, I think the mis a mistake a lot of young people make is they just release everything they do. Yeah, well, they want to get feedback too. I understand that. I do have a, a, like a, a, a circle of close friends that I send most of my stuff to, and they're pretty much brutal, and I tell them to be, and then I know it sucks and one doesn't, because you can never know yourself. <laughs> all the modern, all the modern, super building, super building, all the modern, all the modern, super building, super building. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Well, that's a that's a good example of one of the tracks that has, is very influenced by my rap days because it is essentially a rap. You know, uh, there's a story there's a story behind the song actually. So those old friends of mine. So I started. I had one year I I was failing out of high school, so they made me go to summer school. So the summer school was like in a bad neighborhood. So I was like the only white kid in the summer school, and also. That's right when I started to become like really into Depeche Mode, and I thought I was like this futurist. So I would wear all white, and I had white hair, and I had a, my I had this millionaire uh, gangster uncle, and he and he, he used to hand me down his old cars, and so I had this white Cadillac. So I drove I drove to the school and I parked in the front, and I got a flat tire, and I'm wearing all white. I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do? And these guys come out, like all these black guys, they come out, and they're like, okay, look. We'll help you fix the tire if you take us to the mall. So I was like, okay. So I, like they fixed my tire, and I became really close friends with them. And what? And they were like, they loved the Cure. They were really cool guys. And um, but when I would walk around, you know, back then, it's a lot different than it is now. Like when I would when I walk around makeup and stuff, people would be like, you know, hey faggot and all this stuff. So we would play this game where I would walk ahead of them. And then when someone would say something, they would come over and like terrorize them, terrorize them, <laughs> whoever said anything. And that's the story. And I had a Doberman also in high school, but that has not. So I put, I just made them the Dobermans and kind of made a, a fantasy song. So it's all, it all comes from something. Yeah, I mean they were, you know, no one actually got hurt, and you know, but and and it, it was actually my friends and not dogs, but there is a basis for it. I got thirteen Dobermans, all named Hate. None of girls, they all are boys. I got thirteen Dobermans, all named Hate. None of girls, they all are boys. All thirteen will wait at home, so I'm out here on my own, wearing pink and high heels. I'll blow a kiss. How does that feel? So tough, you beat me hard, but you don't know I got bodyguards. I crawl on all fours, bleeding hard with drop drawers, and all the way to my home, I cry and cry a fake tone, and I come back to this place where we met face to face. We all surround, you get down, it's your turn to bleed and drown. Now you pay for your stunt. Welcome to the battlefront. Thirteen Dobermans and your ass. Now you see you. Revenge is the sweetest thing As you bleed, I sing I got 13 Dobermans all named Hate None of girls, they all are boys I got 13 Dobermans all named Hate None of girls, they all are boys
So this is actually a pretty serious song. It's and it's I would say it's definitely one of my best because it's the most introspective. It's about uh, I mean it's about me and my father and how I how like I just couldn't escape following his path and doing the wrong thing. You know, no matter what, even though as a child, you know, you hate your father. He does all this bad stuff, and then you do it yourself. You know, and uh, and how it's just inevitable. And even though I don't believe that, I mean, you know, I think at the time I wrote it. Uh, I probably did believe that, but you know, you grow up, you grow up, and you grow out of things, and you get perspective, and get more, he- and you get more healthy. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it just—I was on a really big Leonard Cohen kick at the time, and it just—it also inspired me to write the lyrics in that way. You know, like my favorite, my favorite songs by Leonard Cohen are uh, "Famous Blue Raincoat" and "Avalanche." I mean, they just wouldn't work without the guitar sound. He couldn't hold your hand He couldn't be with you He had something to do He wasn't done until he was through You really don't want to know Where a man like that might go Don't dare follow him Or you will sin too He has to be the darkness that was meant to be He has to be the darkness that was meant to be He has to be the darkness that was meant to be He has to be the darkness that was meant to be On your own, growing on your own The apple falls near the tree And now you want to be like him You really should be afraid 
But that's not how you're made Into the darkness That was meant to be He has to be the darkness That was meant to be He has to be the darkness That was meant to be has to be the darkness that was meant to be. He has to be the darkness that was meant to be. And now you're there in your underwear, wondering what to do with the darkness deep in you. You really don't know How far you can go Into the darkness Into the dark very just violent music in a way and very aggressive I think of the way I thought about it also and then I went to a therapist and uh, she didn't really help me that much but one day she told me that you know all this music that you're singing and how much you hate everything you're just singing about yourself you know like and then I started to think about songwriting and I started to switch uh, you to me and use myself as the first person it made me a much better songwriter um, it definitely is I mean I definitely when I'm on stage I'm definitely somebody else like I'm like the pissed off version of myself or aggressive. I don't know how to put it, but I definitely step into a role. And uh, I think when I was younger, it used to blur a lot more, but now, now, now it's, uh, it's, it's good. I mean, and making music is totally therapeutic. It's the, it's like the only time I'm, I think I'm actually calm. Like I, it's like my version of meditation where I'm not thinking about a thousand things and worried or anything. I'm just doing one thing. That's the only time I can do that other than sleeping. Probably saved my life to be sure. She's 
with Depeche Mode and then I remember I had a girlfriend and she had a tape of uh, Front Over 2 official version and I just couldn't even process it. It was just sounded so cool and mysterious and I was like, what is this? And then I became really obsessed with like the sounds and everything because if you listen to old Depeche Mode, I mean old Front Over 2, it's just so much going on. And I remember being in East Village and I was walking down the street and some guy had a Front Over 2 shirt. I didn't think anybody knew what this band was and I stopped him. I said, oh, this is great. You know, I was buying all their stuff.
as usual, the track list and download of the whole show will be available on soundcloud.com slash bassagenda and via the iTunes feed too. Coming up next, United by Throbbing Gristle.
Mr. Red was um was also cool because it was around that total age, like the first big album, and it, it was just it was like harder music than any punk or anything. It was just so cool, and it was my own music, you know, like something that my my father or my mother couldn't understand, you know. They they they, they I'd played in the house, and they'd be like, you know, what the fuck, <laughs> and that's what made it even better, you know. I and I also got pretty lucky time-wise with early concerts. I saw Nitzreb's first show, I think it was at the New Ritz, and I remember they all shaved their heads, and it was just two drummers and the guy screaming at Douglas in the middle screaming, and there was maybe 200 people there, and in the back was Depeche Mode, Daniel Miller, they all just, and I knew who they were, but half the people I didn't even know they were standing there. And then I saw Front Over 2 at the Palladium for, a, I think it was Front by Front, or maybe Official Version, and that was, they were, they were, that was pretty crowded, and that was amazing. I saw Skinny Puppy, Halloween Night, and this was a good one. It was, I think, 86. And we went to the Halloween Day Parade in East Village. Then we went to the concert. And it was like the first time I saw people with goth makeup, really, like, all together. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And Vivisection, that's the tour where he uh, dissects a fake um, puppy. So there's blood. I have a jacket with the blood on it. And years later, I looked at the ticket stub. And the, there was an opening band. And I remember it was some cheesy new wave band, and it was Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. Hallo, ich bin Helena Hauf und ihr hört Bass Agenda Radio. and recorded music went on for decades so even though it might feel like electronic music has been around for a while and it's matured and it's in some second or third phase 
I, th I think it still has a long way to go. And I think there's going to be some really amazing stuff. Number one, uh, because you can go into these like subgenres so deeply and people are really getting into all this equipment and old equipment and new equipment. So you're going to have people that are just making music with just old stuff onto tape and getting really, and everybody's getting better at it, right? Or, or using, you know, something else, just iPad with uh, grain samplers and something new sounding. But also, I think what's going to happen is we're, we're going to come back to uh, some melodic stuff, which is, which is really going to, we're going to have some nirvana of electronic music come along. Like we're going to have kids that are so into it, just like I'm into it, but are also like masters, like an Alan Wilder or uh, Kirk Cobain at, 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 at songwriting. And, I, and that'll happen again for sure. And it'll blow everyone away. Now it might be just one album or whatever, but for sure, I mean, you know. And there's also a lot of a lot of machine learning and um, these apps that help you write chords and melodies. Like you know, people used to look really down on that stuff, like uh, Songsmith by Microsoft or whatever. But I think that's going to come back very strong, and it will be accepted, and it will be built into all the software, and people are going to really do some good stuff with it. Kill and uh, Flexi Wave are together and they have a distribution called Banana Air Force and they are paying to re-release things to come. So some old releases but five new releases and the first one will be me and that one's really things to come. I mean it's totally like slightly humorous on some tracks, really dark on others and really weird a lot of it. So I got six songs on that 12 inch. Uh, and then collaborations, I'm working with Alex Bao and Radical G. Yeah, he's, he's a really good producer. He knows what he's doing.
also just released uh, a label called Riot out of Edinburgh. Released a track of mine called uh, Riot. Uh, remixes by everybody. I think it came in name, but like Tarita, Neil Armstrong, Stickhead. biggest thing coming is uh, uh, 11 songs on a label called Alfnama Vedergabe. And they're like, um, kind of like the mute records of today. They're based in Berlin. And there's stuff on it that's rock music, techno, EDM, industrial. Yeah, so I just did the, the single that's also on the album. So the single came out, the single program came out with remixes by uh, Silent Servant, Thomas Eckman, and Lado. And then this is the full length album that follows. And um, that should come out end of January, February. It's got um, artwork from a Belgian illustrator named Elso Dirt. It's a double gatefold. Digits, numbers, concept, the human program, schematic, the universe, algorithm.
recommend you checking out the Riot release that he mentioned. Keep an eye on Riot Radio Records bandcamp.com for that one up next a couple of tracks that have impressed him recently first one up is a track called this is cocaine from emmanuel top after that a great track from daf getting the boys noise remix treatment doesn't make any sense but in a club the way the way that the really quiet three or three and then it comes up it's just so pure techno like there is like is the essence of i mean there's really nothing to the track it's just one sound one drum machine but it's just mixed absolutely perfectly and the way 
the arrangement he holds and waits and waits and waits and like it's just done so well and the only it's just I like it because the only way you can make a track like that is if you're out a lot in clubs like you could never do it unless you're living it you know and he's and he's really in it in that track cocaine I can't pronounce it either. Alsvar de letzte Mal, something like that. It translates to uh, as if it were the last time. Yeah, so it's about it's about like I guess one last kiss. You know, kiss me one last time before, as if it were the last time. It's a. It, I love this. I love the original because I mean it's one of the few romantic love song EBM industrial songs. Like there's not a lot of those, and uh, and the remix. I, I mean maybe I put the Boys Noise remix as my choice. Just because it was cool, yeah. Uh, just because it's it's so cool. I mean, like to take because I'm always afraid someone's going to ask me to remix a really great track. Yeah, actually, what I'm doing now is really hard because I'm remixing this Throbbing Gristle United track, and the original is so good. So it's like I'm really, really trying hard to make it a, a good, but also a different enough that I don't, you know, it has to. I mean, what's the point of making a track that's not as good as the original, or at least different in a good way? So. Yeah, what's cool about the Boys Noise remix is like he took a really good track, 10 out of 10, and he, he made another good, great version of it, which really works on the dance floor. I really enjoy it. Bitte tu so, 
Jetzt wird's das letzte Mal Drück dich an mich So fest wie du kannst Gib mir So viel wie du kannst Liebe mich from that Riot release we spoke about earlier on. It's the Stickhead remix. Savage, savage stuff. And then we'll be getting into the guest mix. All tight for this.
this is Dave Clark and you're listening to Base Agenda. I like to play small clubs better than big venues. I know that for sure. But one memorable night, I mean, I've done a lot of stupid things that I probably shouldn't talk about. <laughs> I've had, when I, when, we, when I played for, in 2001, with Chris Leaving at the U60311, that was interesting because we were shooting the music video and he was at his peak and one city was peak. And every time we would start to play the show with the video on, everyone would just rush the stage. There was so many people, it was so packed. We had to keep restarting, so that was that was fun and nice. I've blown the power an entire build. Like I used to have this transformer, and uh, one time I plugged my projector in it, which didn't normally have to be on the transformer, so it started to smoke. So some kid comes up and grabs it with his hands, like, totally on ice or something. He burns himself like really bad, and then the power went out. But not just in the club; the whole building went out. Like people living, other stores. I mean, I knocked out the police, fire, like the party was over, you know, that, that was an interesting night. Um, I played in Italy once and, um, and right in the middle of my set, uh, this huge fight breaks out, like fascists and, you know, like the whole place was fighting and the promoter was standing next to me and I, and I, I stopped the music and, and I was like, should I, should I keep the music off? He says, I just paid you a lot of money, keep playing. So then I went on the mic and I said, uh, I'll give you something to fight to. And I played like some extreme terrorism, like super fast track. And then there's, there's, and then there's a video of this. So you can actually see me playing the video and me saying this. And I actually had a few uh, places that I was playing for years uh, ask me to take the video down. And I, you know, I, I said no, because it, it's not like I'm not fighting. I'm not a fascist. They're getting a rise out of music. It's, it's something interesting. Yeah, and they, they didn't want to fight me. I mean, I was playing the music, so they were perfectly happy leaving me alone. It's a fun video because whoever was shooting the video like, of, the, of the fight, they were like getting thrown around, so the video's like flying on the floor, and then they pick it up, and you see people punching each other. It's pretty crazy.
Slaves of Sinus and you're listening to Base Agenda.
This is a message from Detroit. This is Adult. And you are listening to Base Agenda. What's the time? 
This is Anthony Rotter and you listen to Base Agenda.
listening to the wonderful Face Agenda.
great mix from Slaves of Sinus. I'm proud to say he's one of the Base Agenda family. He put out a few releases now. Uh, his first EP was out a while back now as part of the Base Agenda Presents series. That was called Opposite of the Past. And you may be familiar with him as one of the four guys that makes up the Transhumanism Collective from uh, the Netherlands. Getting a lot of attention from the likes of Dave Clark, Helena Health, Umek, Matthew Plex. Check out Base Agenda episode 148 to find out more about them. Thanks again to Oliver Chesler, aka The Horrorist, for taking part in Base Agenda. All the best for the future. Thanks to you for listening. Next month we're in Electro Mode with Jensen Interceptor from Australia. Have a good weekend. Catch you next time. Cheers.